Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. I'm your host, Bella, and guys, I'm not well. I don't know if you can hear it, and I'm sorry if my voice sounds weird. I think I'm getting tonsillitis. I had the booster jab yesterday, and I felt fine, but I just think I was on... You know when you're on the edge of getting ill, like the cusp of it? It might happen, it might not. Well, I think the booster jab made it so it did happen. But that's fine, we're carrying on through. It's kind of annoying working, because if I was at school, I'd definitely just take the day off, but you can't do that when you're an adult, and it's really upsetting. Obviously, you can take sick days, but, like, only for real sicknesses, do you know what I mean? Like, you have to be really ill. I've just got a sore throat. I don't think that's enough to get a day off. I know it's not enough to get a day off, and it's really, honestly, quite upsetting, to be honest. This week has gone, let's do a little life update. I feel like I always start these with a little life update. This week so far is going quite well. I feel really happy at the moment. I felt really, really happy. I'm not, I don't know why I sound so surprised and like, I don't know what's happening. But I just feel very content at the moment. And I don't know why. I don't, well, I do. I'd, it's not like some life-changing things happened and I'm like, wow, everything's great or anything. I just, I don't know. I feel in quite a good headspace at the moment. I think spending more time on my own has made me lean more into routine, which means that I've kind of like stuck with like morning routines, nighttime routine. Well, no, that's another thing entirely to talk about. I have not stuck to routine, but I've been kind of like prioritizing things that I know make me feel better. And I think it's starting to have an impact, you know. I was doubtful for a little bit, for quite a lot of it, but I think it does help. It's made me realize that I need to prioritise those things in order for me to stay happier. I think sometimes when I'm really busy, I just push them to the side because they're not technically as productive. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not as obviously productive. But for me personally, it's definitely productive because it makes me into such a better person. Like, I was in work today and someone was just like, you're very happy today. And I was like, I know. I am very happy today. I think it might wind people up, but... We're going with it. We're carrying on. I don't know how long this is going to last, you know? I'll probably be talking next week and be like, guys, it's a bad week. It's not going well. I'm, I'm having a shit time. But you never know. You never know. My morning routine is going well, and I think that is helping. My bedtime routine is non-existent. I keep trying to say to myself I'm not going to do things past 9pm because I think I really struggle with winding down and, like, going to sleep. But it's not working out at all in the slightest. At all. I just, I'm on Instagram way too much, I think, at the moment, which is a thing I'm really trying to cut back on. But I feel like sometimes I forget that I'm only 21. Like, I'm still, I'm not a fully grown adult yet. It's okay to still not have things worked out, still make mistakes and still, like, kind of may Not that going on Instagram's too much a mess up, but you know what I mean? It's okay to not be fully perfect yet. We're still learning. So I'm trying to be, I think that's the thing that's helped. I'm trying to be more forgiving at the moment and trying to be more forgiving of myself. I also made my bed, like I built my bed and honestly, I feel very accomplished. It may have been flat pack furniture, but I feel very accomplished. It was very satisfying to put together. It all slotted in very nicely. So honestly, that is a job that I have been putting off for ages. So maybe taking off these big jobs that I've just not wanted to do for so long is making me feel happier. Like that bed has sat or been stood in my bedroom for about three months now and I've just not wanted to do it for no real reason other than I'm just lazy. But now it's done, I feel accomplished. I feel very accomplished. I'm also in this stage where I'm having to accept that 
life is a little bit boring right now. And that's okay because I have bigger goals coming. And it's a hard acceptance because I'm quite an impatient person. And I'm quite like, I don't think I'm very good. I think I get bored very easily. I think that's one of my like toxic traits. I don't think I have a lot of patience. I'm trying to work on it. But at work at the moment, I'm bored. Or if I'm trying to organise to do something, I want to make it a big, exciting thing. But I was just talking to mum. Mum was like, you're going to go spend that money. But realistically, that's money that you should be saving for like London or saving for travelling. And that's why I need to think about it. For every 60 quid, 100 quid that I don't spend, I am able to spend that on a hostel or a train ticket or four more days on holiday. And that is so much more exciting than going for fish and chips four times a week. You know, do you know what I mean? And it's a hard thing to accept, but it's okay for it to be boring right now because there is a bigger goal coming. But working is boring. This isn't a weird thing about working. I don't think, I have never, because I've been in education for so long, I've never worked this consecutive, for this consecutive amount of time. I've never worked for this long amount of time all in one go because I've been working since July. I've nearly worked for a full year. Oh God, I've nearly worked for a full full year and I do not have a lot to show for it. But that's beside the point. Because I've nearly worked for a full year now, I think I'm getting quite like, bored of the like the daily routine that it comes with but that's okay because as I said bigger goals are coming I think this is one of the biggest things that I'm adjusting to after uni I think everyone who leaves uni has a different thing that they really like struggle with and mine is definitely the kind of adjusting to not being able to control my own time I really really miss being the manager of my own time being like I'm gonna wake up here go to the gym then I'm gonna do this work then and it's definitely indicated that that's something that I need for my future job eventually it might not be the first one or the second one or third one but I really want to be that kind of being able to dictate when I work how I work how much it works for like that type of thing and I don't know how I'm gonna manage that but it's something that makes me really happy so I'm gonna try and prioritize it I think that's the thing when something's making you unhappy or you realize that something's important to you rather than just being upset that you can't do that anymore I think it's better just to use it as a highlighter to say that's what I want like that's what I want in the future and that's what I'm going to prioritize and that's definitely what it's done for me but we should probably get on to today's topic because I've been rambling for long enough so today's topic is all about university and I will not be able to cover everything in this episode because I have a really sore throat and it's already hurting. But we're going to try and cover as much as I can. So I don't know how much you know, but I'm going to start from the beginning, give you the basic rundown of what I did, how long I went for, where I went for university, give you the background so then you can kind of see how that affected my university experience. So you can then put that into perspective with your own university experience. So I went to university in Leeds, which is just a northern city between York and Manchester. So I'd say it's about an hour and a half away from where I live. So not really that far. I mean, if you're in America, not really that far at all because everything's so big. In the context of England, it's like a medium distance. York would have been very close. Leeds is like medium, Manchester medium, Liverpool quite far, London really far. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's far enough where it felt like I was leaving Scarborough, but it wasn't too far that I couldn't come back because I could come back quite easily. There was a direct train line and that was really important to me. 
So I went to Leeds because of that reason, I think. There wasn't really any other option. And I do regret this when I was thinking about my university options. I kind of just picked where I was going without thinking about why I wanted to go there or where I was going or the city or the halls or anything. I was very impromptu about it all. I very much just decided this is something that I'm going to do and I just did it. I think this is the thing I'm noticing about me. I just kind of like do things without thinking them through fully. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because it gets things done, but also it means you don't always weigh up the best option. I think looking back, if I could do it again, I would consider other places. But Leeds worked out for me. It did work really nicely. And I think I'd never left home before. And because I'm an August baby, I felt quite young to be leaving home. So I felt like Leeds was a kind of a perfect stepping stone for me where I could have that kind of independent lifestyle without having to properly feel like I'd left home. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't it wasn't scary because I know mum could come over and visit me at any point if I wanted her to. Leeds was also a small enough city where it wasn't too overwhelming. I think maybe looking back, I'd wanted to go to Manchester because there's a bit more going on there. But then again, the pandemic hit in my, you know, like halfway through uni. So I was only really there for half of it. So it didn't really affect me that much anyway. So when I went, I was 18 and I... This is another thing looking back on it. Looking at my friends who went when they were a year older, I don't know if this is a better decision. This is all personal, but I mean like a better decision for me. I think when I went, I was very unsure of who I was. I'd have wished I'd have been more confident and assertive in who I was when I went, because then I think I could have moulded my university experience to be more around what I like now. And I'd have like joined different societies and really pushed myself a little bit more. I think I was almost too young when I was 18 to go. That's just a personal experience. You could be ready and waiting to go and you'll have an amazing time. And equally, you could not be ready and go and it pushes you and that's what you need. But I think for me, looking back, although I wasn't just too young, I think I was too unsure of myself. I needed that little year of just maturity, maybe going on a little trip on my own, finding out who I was in the safety of not university. And I think that would have probably have benefited me. Luckily, I went into halls and I think that definitely helped. So in the like British university system, you go for three years and your first year is really, really common for everyone to go and stay in halls of residence. So it's kind of like a giant door like you all have your own bedroom I don't know how people share bedrooms in America that the thought of that stresses me out like imagine just falling asleep next to a stranger I don't think I could I couldn't do it I definitely couldn't do it no absolutely not I'd get so scared Maybe I'm just being, maybe I'm worrying too much. I'd be so scared. What if they were a scary person? Like, what if they were weird? I don't know. What if they were, you know, I'd be scared by that option. But anyway, in the British university system, what you do is you stay in your own room generally. That's what everyone kind of does. And you can either have a shared bathroom or your own bathroom. Um, You could, and there's normally a shared kitchen. Generally speaking, obviously there's studio apartments if that's what you want or you can kind of like share a room with someone or fully depends on what you choose. But I ended up in my own room with a shared kitchen and I think halls is the best thing I could ever recommend. 
if it sits right with you. I think you know in your heart of hearts if you want to go into halls or if you don't. I don't see my sister, I don't think she wants to go into halls and she knows that she doesn't want to do that. So there's no point for, I'm not saying it's right for everyone. But for me, it was the right thing because this, I think, made, this is this is how I think I made majority of my friends from university was through halls. I didn't make them many other ways. And it wasn't even like they were in my flat and we made friends in my flat. I didn't get on with a single person who I moved in with, okay? And I I am quite easy to get on with, I'd say. I didn't get on with anyone, no one, not anyone. And I moved in and there was four of us, okay? So you can imagine little old me, I'm moving to this room, I'm on the ground floor where there's a bar across my window Mum and Dad drop me off. I think, what am I doing here? It looks like a prison cell. I walk out. I speak to the girl. I don't really get on with her that well. When, nothing wrong with her. She was lovely. We just weren't that similar. And then the same with the boy. Like There was a guy who was my age. We didn't really get on that well. It's not, again, nothing wrong with them. They were all, this was the thing. They were all lovely people. We just didn't click in the slightest. And... Then there was another guy who was like quite a few years older than us all and he wanted to do his own thing. Now looking back on it, I'm now the age that he was when he moved in with us and I wouldn't want to move in with a group of 18-year-olds either. So no wonder he didn't want to hang out with us. So when I first moved in and mum had to leave me there crying, honestly, it was like a prison cell of a room. It was so small and that's not me being picky. It was tiny 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 it was so small oh it was awful but despite this despite me not having the best halls experience when I first went in halls is how I made my bigger friendship group and I don't regret going there in the slightest the way I made friends in halls is through a very weird situation I think this is why halls is good because it forces you into social situations that you might not necessarily be forced into if you are living on your own because you're not just there to be invited and asked to things. The only reason I made my best friend, M, who lives three floors above me, this is the thing, we weren't even close to each other. She lived three floors above me, which was a nightmare when, because we used to watch films at night, I had to come back down to my room. It was such a trek and so cold. And I was in my pyjamas as well, so... It was everything about it was risky. Um, but we used to, how did we, oh, one of my other friends, they were all had a big group chat on the top floor, which obviously I wasn't in because I didn't know them. And they were having this like movie night thing. And she just messaged me saying, hi, I don't want to go on my own. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, I'll come with you. And I came with her. And then we were just sat in this other girl's room chatting kind of like getting on and then we all organized to go bowling and it was just by chance that that girl had messaged me and because that girl had messaged me I was in the room when they organized it which meant I got added to the group chat which meant that we all went bowling and from that bowling trip we all became really close and like they were the group of girls that I moved into within second year in second year they were my friendship group and they're probably like we're still all really close now and I think that is crazy like if that girl hadn't messaged me I would never have met my friendship group and I'd have been so much more lonely because I didn't make friends that well I did make friends in my um societies and in 
um, my course. Oh, my voice is going. I can hear it. I'm sorry. I'm trying. So it's course wise and society wise, were, they weren't the two main ways I made friends because, as I said, I wasn't in the best headspace. I don't think. Of I didn't have the highest self esteem when I went, and I think that affected how much I pushed myself to meet other people. And I'd wish I'd pushed myself a bit further to meet other people and kind of broaden my university experience. But it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's got better now and I'm proud of myself for the place I'm at now. And I know when I go for my master's, these are all lessons that I have learned and that's a really good thing. But I know that a lot of my friends made so many friends through society. So I think societies are a definite thing that you should consider and really try and push yourself in the ones that you do. Don't be scared of the taster sessions and don't be scared of the horror sessions. The horror sessions, no, the horror stories that you hear. Because this is what really, really put me off. The kind of the horror stories of the mentality of these different uni societies. Like I know at Leeds there was this idea that the hockey society were made you like get really, like really 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 drunk and do like awful things and it was really kind of like embarrassing and you had to get admitted you know like in those you know when you watch like an american film about college over there and you have to do these things to make you get into like the different societies that's what really frightened me and i was like i do not want to be forced to do anything i don't want to do like i felt like although i was insecure i wasn't that insecure i was like i'm not doing anything i don't want to do and I was scared to put myself in those positions. Whereas now looking back on it, that was ridiculous. That doesn't happen. That might happen in some societies, but it doesn't happen. And if you go and it happens, you can say no. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You can always leave if you're not enjoying something. It's a lesson I'm starting to realise more and more is that push yourself to do something. And if you don't like it, you can leave. No one makes you stay. No one's there forcing you to stay anymore. You can just go. So my biggest thing is if you're starting university in September, please go to as many societies as you can. Please, please, please push yourself. See what you could do. Like, because you never know how you could get involved in that experience. You never know who you could meet, what could happen, how many friends you could make for that. I don't know. There's just so many different things that I think are beneficial from joining a society, especially if you manage to have the courage to join on your own. Because this, again, broadens your uni experience so much. And I think it really improves your self-confidence. I think that's the thing I wish I'd done. I wish I'd done more things on my own to make me more confident in who I was. I'm just going to have to move my foot's gone numb. Um, oh, my God. Oh, it's gone fully numb. Really numb. Very numb. Never mind. I'm sat in a blanket. It's freezing. My recording setup is not the one. It's going to improve soon. I've got something exciting coming. So we'll talk about that later. But... If you can push yourself to join a society, please do it. Have a look beforehand at the different societies they offer and have a little look. Now you've got your their Instagram pages, you can have a look at what they do. And I just wish I'd done that. So that's my other best bits of advice so far. So far, I've told you, consider whether going to uni now is the right time for you. And if you decided it is the right time for you, I would highly recommend halls because it's such an easy way to meet people. Second way, societies push yourself to go to them. I didn't push myself to go to them and it's a big regret. I mean, not a big, big regret because I mean, I've got over it. I'm not that fussed anymore, but I wish I'd have done that. I think I'd have met some really, really like way more people that way. So I would definitely recommend doing that. I think the third area of uni that we need to talk about is the course that I chose. So a little backstory about, so I got a first class degree in medical microbiology 
But actually, I was never meant to do that course. And this is a little sign that if you get your results and it's not what you think they're going to be, I promise you it all works out okay. Because I did not get the results I wanted at all. I was meant to be getting... I got on, when I applied, I applied for medical biochemistry. But I didn't actually get onto that course because I had too low of a grade in chemistry. I got a C and you needed to get an A. So, you know, we dropped a little bit and I knew this was going to happen because when I walked out of my chemistry exam, I was crying. I was literally crying. I was like, that was the worst exam I have ever sat in my entire life. I am like, and the thought of having to do chemistry for another three years made me want to throw up and cry at the same time. So realistically, this was a blessing in disguise. When I got my grade, I didn't think it was a blessing. And when I got the email saying, you haven't got onto the course that you wanted to get onto, didn't think it was a blessing. But it was because I was so fortunate to be offered. So rather, when I didn't get onto that course, because it was a conditional offer, which meant I had to meet those grades to get on. Instead of saying, like, you're just going to have to go through clearing and find something else. Instead, I got offered a substitute course, which was medical microbiology which I hadn't even looked at, I hadn't even considered. And I looked into it and I decided, I was like, well, I don't have any other plan. It means that everything else can stay that I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I may as well do it because I have no other plan. So here we go. Ended up being the best decision I've ever made, ever. I ended up loving the course. It was exactly what I was interested in. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And I ended up doing really well at it. So this is your little sign. If it doesn't all work out as you think it's going to work out, I promise you it will all be okay it's hard to accept that like your ideal plan didn't go to plan and it's hard to accept that what you wanted to happen didn't happen but I promise you these things happen I really am starting to believe everything happens for a reason and the reason I didn't get onto that course there was something bigger going on because now I'm in such a good setup for what I actually want to do in life whereas medical biochemistry wouldn't have put me on the right path I think I'd have really struggled so I, that's your little sign, I promise it will be okay. This is something that I'm trying to teach my brain at the moment. It's that if something doesn't work out, it doesn't mean it's the bad choice. It just means that it's the new option. It's not, everything is not set in stone. And trying to convince yourself that everything is set in stone, I think is a way of my kind of anxious mind trying to control everything and make it so it is controllable. But the reality is the only thing that you can control is the right now. I have no idea what's coming up in the future and it could very well go wrong or not go wrong because I guess that's feeding into the thing of it's not the right choice but it's not going to go always to plan and preparing yourself for that plan to go differently to go not exactly how you thought is so beneficial for the future you because it's not always going to go to plan it's probably never always going to go to plan the plans that I have that have gone to absolute exactly what I expected are very few it's it's not a common thing that happens and so I think that's a really good thing to kind of train yourself is to be more adaptable and when you're planning things like university and things like that it's a really good place to start and kind of making your plan more adaptable being more flexible on things one of the questions I had was was university harder than school and I would say both yes and no, and in different ways is it harder. I think it's harder in the sense of the fact you're having to balance different things now. You're not just having to focus all your time on schoolwork, you're having to balance cooking and cleaning and running your own house and that type of like general life. You're having to balance seeing your friends and controlling your social life on top of schoolwork. 
but you're only focusing on one course now and now everything is feeding into that one course so you kind of streamlined in what you do and I think although I would it definitely gets harder between year one year two and year three you get smarter at working you learn how to work you learn how to study you learn what you have to be doing for different tests so though it gets harder again you train your brain to work better and I started getting I only got good grades in the final year final two years were better first year didn't get good grades at all at all in the slightest I was like I can't do this I remember in second year me and Emma were chatting and we were just like if I get a two one I'm gonna cry with happiness because I was scraping through I was like not doing well in the slightest and it's only in the third year where I was able to kind of do more of my own directed learning and we were able to do more testing and exams that suited me better, like being an online, less pressured environment that I did much better. And that was because I learned from my mistakes and I started to understand how best I learned. So although it gets more tricky, you get better at it. So don't be intimidated by university in the slightest. And I think the thing you forget is you're supported throughout all of it. I had an amazing tutor throughout my uni experience and he was so helpful. I went to him multiple times crying and I'm not recommending that, but I did. And I think that's the thing you forget. You're not going and being all on your own. You have a year tutor and you have a personal tutor and they are there. You are paying for a service. So make sure you use it and ask them questions and ask for help when you're feeling not okay and ask for them to be involved in your uni experience because they won't often always check up on you. So sometimes you have to be the one to push that experience and say, you know what, I need help. I remember my first year, I started doing really badly on these sets of tests and I didn't know how. And for a while, I was kind of like ashamed of it and I didn't know what to do and I was just hiding from it. And then mum was like, just go and ask for help. Go and ask and they will help you. And I did it and he sat down with me for like an hour and set me like different work to do. And we went through my tests and I started to understand where I was making the errors. And then I had like four follow-up meetings after each test. So we could go through how I did and see if I was getting better and better and better. And that was really, really good for my confidence because I started to realise I wasn't on my own in all of it. It wasn't... I wasn't on my own and it was going to be okay. I think one of the things I struggled with at uni was this pressure to get a 2-1. I remember one time walking into my personal tutor's office and I'd got like, not I'd, I hadn't done, it's not bad to get a 2-2, but I'd got, I think I'd got 53 or 54 and something. I just walked in and I was crying because I'd always put so much pressure on myself to get like top, top marks, so much pressure And all of a sudden, those top marks weren't achievable anymore because I was a big fish in a small pond and I was a small fish in a very, 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 very big pond. And that's one of the things you need to realise. University is harder because all of a sudden you're with everyone who's good at that subject. At school, maybe you were the one that was really good at the subject, but now everyone who was good at that subject has also picked that subject. So there are going to be people that are better than you and it's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you think you're going to get there and thrive and it's sometimes harder than it's going to be and I was doing this and I was really putting so much pressure on myself and I walked in I was just crying I was like and what happens if I don't get a two-one what happens what am I going to do it's like basically insinuating that the world was going to end and that this was the end point for me that like there was nothing coming unless I got a two-one and he just looked at me and he was like just take a breath let me ask you a question so I'm like 
And then he was like, what do you think will happen if you get a 2-2? And I just had a pause. And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, I promise you it will be okay. I promise you it will be okay. It is not as bad as you think it's going to be. If you get that, then that's okay. And you run with that and you go and see where you can get with that. It doesn't matter. I was like, oh my God, he's right. I had put so much pressure on myself, comparing myself to everyone else around me, that I was starting to get really, really anxious. My self-esteem was plummeting and I was starting to think, I can't do this anymore. I'm not smart enough. That little seed of self-doubt would really start to plant itself. I was getting really sad about it. Then I just realised, started asking myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I realised it wasn't that bad. And that was a major turning point for me. So if you are going to uni and you're worried about the course, that's something to ask yourself. What's the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? So I think the past three areas, halls, societies and courses, they are the three biggest areas of uni really, aren't they? They're the big ones. And these are all areas where you can make friends. I know one of my main concerns and a lot of your questions were around how can we make friends? And I think the biggest thing is fully immersing yourself. I start doing this thing where I challenge myself to a month. Do a month of one thing. And if it makes you feel better, carry on. And if it doesn't, you tried and move on. So do a month. The first month you get there, think, I'm going to go to this society for four weeks and we're going to see what happens. I'm going to see if I enjoy it. Go to your course and see if you love it. Really immerse. Say yes to everything in halls. Try and meet as many people as you can. And then if you're still struggling with it, then you can make a change. I think one of the best ways you can make friends is that way. Although making friends at uni isn't all swings around, but it's tricky because all of a sudden you're making friends who are no longer on the same course as you. I think one of the big things for me was that none of my friends that I made, like my ones I live with, were on my course, were all on different courses And I'd gone from in sixth form being friends with everyone from my course. Like everyone was doing the same A-levels as me. So we're all on the same kind of education pathway. That We all had the same work ethic. We all had the kind of... We had to work a lot because I was doing quite academic A-levels, which required a lot of studying. And then all of a sudden, I became really good friends with people who had different workloads to me. They didn't have to do that or they had to do more creative work or... They could prioritise their time differently and that was tricky. It was really tricky saying no to plans because I had to revise or saying no to this because I had to study and people being like, oh, you're working all the time, it's not fun and this and that. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's hard. It is really hard. But you need to ask yourself in those moments where you don't... When it, You know when you get that anxiety feeling in your chest because you know you should say no but you don't know if you can say no that's when you should listen to yourself because you should definitely say no in that moment. Saying no in that moment is crucial because you might be sacrificing something bigger that's just not worth it. So that's something I really learned and I do appreciate is tricky. All of a sudden you're friends with people who aren't on the same kind of set routine as you and balancing that is hard. I'm just, I'm proud of myself for the position I'm in now because I know I wouldn't put myself in those positions again. I guess that's the only way you can look at it, isn't it, really? I'm proud of myself for the way that I've grown. And this is a new thing, be more forgiving. There's no point being regretful about it. 
We're just trying to be more forgiving, aren't we? Okay, now I'm going to answer some of your questions because I think we're ready for the question part of this podcast. I think we're ready to move on. Okay, let's go through them. So, how's life while settling into university? Hmm, I'd say the biggest advice I would say for settling in was trying to establish a routine for yourself each day so you kind of know what you're doing to kind of make it feel more homely bring things from home that make it feel more comfortable definitely decorate with pictures and trying to make the space your own because they can feel quite robotic the area is quite inhuman because it's all purpose-built accommodation in England it is anyway it's all purpose-built accommodation so that can be tricky in itself but bringing things from home to make it feel more homely definitely helps and I think being kind to yourself, accepting that some days you're going to feel really homesick, but you're not the only one. This is one of the big things that mean um, that brought us closest because we finally, I finally like, I was like feeling really homesick actually today, and I remember opening up to her about it, and she gave me a massive hug, and I didn't feel as alone anymore. That really helped me settle in, realizing that everyone else is in the same position as you. They are also moving away from home for the first time, and it is scary, and it is it is hard. You're only young and it is hard to do that, especially when this is all you've ever known. So while settling in, be kind to yourself, open up to other people about how you're feeling, but try and set yourself a good routine. Try and, I remember I was did not have a good routine. I would wake up like as late as possible. It was just not good. And then I finally started to get a good one. I think it took me till third year to have a good routine of like, I'd wake up, I'd go to the gym, I'd do this, I'd do that. And I realised that's what worked best for me. That kind of mentally that put me in the best position. Obviously, this morning routine is different for every single person. But I think by having that kind of routine of what you do, it can really help you feel more settled and grounded. So I would definitely recommend that. Ooh, we've got a question on budgeting. University budgeting is tricky and I've tried many different ways to do it. I tried having all my money on one card. I tried having a Monzo card. I tried so many different ways. And in the end, the best way that I could do it was being super organised. So when I got the set amount of money that I had for the year, I would divide it by each of the weeks that I needed the money to last for. So each so in England you get a loan you get three loans so I divide each set loan by how many weeks I had so then I knew my weekly budget and then I use an app which I still use now called pennies oh my god it's incredible I love it it's like two pounds definitely worth the two pounds it's a really easy budgeting app that you just put in what you spend each day and it tells you how much left you've got to spend that day and how much of your weekly budget's left. And I don't know why, but each like time you add money in, whether you've got a good amount, it's green, a medium amount, it's orange, and your minus amount, it's negative, it's red, I mean. And that's been my best way so far. I found with a Monzo card, I just spend too fast. It doesn't really help with daily budgeting. I think... It helps with weekly budgeting, but it doesn't help me with daily. So that's definitely been a really, really good team. A really, really good app that I found. Did I meet better friends from halls, societies or sports teams or my course? I definitely made the best friends in halls, but I think that's almost because I also didn't push myself too much to meet loads of people in societies and on my course. I remember in my final year on my course, I actually got quite close to a couple of the people there And I think that was one of the things that I learned that I kind of had isolated myself a little bit. So that was a definite, 
that was a big thing for me really the to meet more people on my course so I would recommend pushing yourself to go and do more societies and that type of thing to make sure that you have the full uni experience but also not all of us are ready at that age and it's okay if you're not you can have a great time whatever how did you adjust with covid after covid hmm covid was a tricky one to me I want to do a full episode on how covid's affected me but we'll just try and keep it short and sweet I wasn't in a very good headspace when COVID hit, in the slightest. It hit in the middle of my second year of university and I was quite low at that point. So selfishly, I think COVID hit at the most perfect point for me because it meant I moved home and could really work on that. The only downside of it was I really did miss my university experience. I didn't, I I don't feel like Leeds was my home. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I lived there, but I don't feel like it was my home because realistically, I only lived there for one and a half years. In my third year, I still had a house there. I went there and back, there and back. But we had the half a pandemic and then we were in a bit of a lockdown and then another lockdown and another lockdown. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move home because this isn't fun anymore. I just, it was really making me miserable, the idea of being locked in my student house and everything. So I did it that way. I think the thing it taught me was to be more forgiving of myself because I think that's the theme of today, being more forgiving of myself because there was so much going on that it was too tricky not to. What's it been like for you mentally? A journey. Uni has been a journey. It was, I have left in so, me this year, I'm so much happier and content and proud of who I am compared to last year. Compared to 18-year-old me, 18-year-old me was a shell of the person I am now. I'm so, so different. And I think, although mentally it was really hard, it was definitely, I think it was one of the best things I could have done because it really pushed me out of my comfort zone. And when you're pushed out of a comfort zone and you feel upset by things, I think it highlights to you the things you're upset by and it makes you want to work on them. So mentally, a journey. And that's okay. There was ups and downs. There was highs and lows and it wasn't all perfect. And I know a lot of people think of college and uni as the best years of my life and Personally, although it was really good, I don't think they were the best years of my life. I think they were really fun years, but they were really hard years as well. I had to do a lot of growing and learning and it was tricky. You know, it was it was hard. I had to I work really hard. It was really, really hard. And I think that's okay too. Don't put too much pressure on yourself for this experience. It's going to happen whether you... Well, it's not going to happen whether you like it or not. You might decide you don't want to go, but... It doesn't have to be the most incredible lifetime experience. It can just be an experience that you learn from. And that's pretty great too. My throat feels like I'm dying. So to round it off, I need to do the new things I've listened to or done this week. I've started a new book, guys, and it's incredible. I'm obsessed. It's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh my God. It's exactly what I have been craving because I've been reading quite dry novels at the moment a lot of non-fiction which isn't very me but I just thought you know it's good for my brain educational we'll try and do that well this book is like oh I don't want to say too much I just really want you all to read it it immerses you into the story and I'm obsessed and I'm kind of hooked now you know when they introduce something at the start and you start realizing that like something's coming a big thing's about to happen it's all about this hollywood 1960s hollywood star and kind of she's really famous and i think something's going to happen to her and she wants to tell her life story which has never been told before and she picks this girl to tell the life story to and 
it's just brilliant. I'm going to read you the blurb now. It's a long blurb, but we're going to go for all of it. Reclusive Hollywood icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant to write her story, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. From making her way to LA in the 1950s to leaving show business in the 80s and of course the seven husbands along the way. Evelyn, you, Evelyn Upsall's a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship and a great forbidden love. But as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. And I am so intrigued. I am so intrigued. Would highly recommend 10 out of 10 book. I'm really loving it. If you just want like a light read, do you know what I mean? It's easy to read and I like that. I feel like we always need something to read. I'm starting to realise reading something's better than reading nothing. It doesn't always have to be this really like high class, super intense, a lot of meaning behind it fiction. It can just be a really good book that you really just enjoy. Other things, I've started watching Cheer again. I have not got that very far into it at all. I think I'm 20 minutes into one episode. But I've realised on my own, I don't really like watching things on my own. I get a bit bored and I just end up on my phone. Because when I'm watching things like Louie and my friends, I like talking a lot, which annoys a lot of people. (laughs) I just like talking and discussion. And so reading is a better thing for me because I cannot go on my phone, you know? I'm going to London tomorrow and I still need to pack. I'm going to go stay at my nana's. And I really, really need to pack. So I'm going to have to go now because I forgot that I need to pack. And that's low-key a little bit stressful. I have no idea what I'm going to wear. And we're in the tiniest car ever, ever. I have to sit with my head like on a tilt. It's going to be traumatic. I'm going to get wake up with like neck strain times a thousand. But I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, make sure that you follow me on You've Got Mail and Score Pod on Instagram. I hope you all have a lovely rest of your week. Well, it's Sunday when you hear this. I hope you've all had a lovely week and that you'll have a lovely week next week. I'll be giving you some options for different topics for the next week's episode, but have a few ideas in mind and I'm excited about it. But make sure you leave a review, rate, tell everyone about the podcast and yeah, I hope you have a brilliant weekend. See you later. Bye.